Welcome to Series 4, Episode 4 with Adriano Moke. Signing as an explosive winger in 2011, Adriano is a key member of the squad that secured the famous Wembley double in 2012. Leaving for new challenges, Moke returned to Booth and Crescent in 2016 when Gary Mills brought him back from Boreham Wood to help the club in their fight against relegation. That was ultimately unsuccessful, but Moke has remained a regular in a York City shirt until he's released this summer. Here, he talks openly and honestly, reflecting on his time at the club. This episode is sponsored by York Foot Golf, who are open throughout September, a fantastic activity for families and friends, situated just off the A19 near Skelton. Follow them on Twitter or go to yorkfootgolf.com, yorkfootgolf.com for more details. If you enjoy these podcasts, then please do consider donating to justgiving.com slash York Hospital Radio. Justgiving.com slash York Hospital Radio. Your donations make a huge difference to a charity. Without further ado, please enjoy the final episode of the series. Adriano Moke. Adriana, thanks for, thanks for joining us. First of all, how, how are you settling in at Spennymore? Yeah, settled in nice. Uh, obviously, I played against a few of the lads, so it was easy to settle in straight away, so I know, I know some of them. So, yeah, it's, it's good, and I'm settled in really good, thanks. So, so at York City, I've seen you play as a winger, you've been a holding midfielder. I think you even played right wing back when I went to Kidderminster last season. But but where, where did you play growing up? Because I, I know that you sort of represented Man United, Leeds United, Nottingham Forest, different age groups. What, what was your position? growing up yeah I, I started off as a winger at first you see I think that's why oh like when I started off at Leeds when I obviously when I was young I played out, out on the wing until obviously I started hitting like the non-league I changed to be honest I changed when I went to Wrexham under Gary Mills so he's the one who's, who's changed me to a winger to to a centre mid and then obviously I played the wing back when I was out in Glenodo Academy before and that's where I got the little experience from there Some of that early promise that you you had particularly with Nottingham Forest saw so you called up for the Portugal under-18s against Malta yeah. in Lisbon I mean that, that yeah. must have been one of the, the proudest moments of your career because am I right in saying that you, your dad had links with sport in Lisbon? Yeah my dad started off for sport in Lisbon but he went out on loan and he still started off there but yeah for me to get called up one of my highlight in my career if you know what I mean Portugal they have had some really really good players that play for the likes of Real Madrid but and Lisbon Benfica and there was me playing for Nottingham Forest and obviously Nottingham Forest is a big club as well so great experience to go out there and and uh, represent Portugal and obviously things happen for a reason and I would uh, love it obviously to keep on going at how I've been doing it but, but I look back to it and I'm thinking you know what nothing but proud to wear the shirt you'd have kind of hoped that that was going to be like a springboard for you then you were you were released by Nottingham Forest how hard was that rejection particularly as obviously things had been going so well for you you'd been called up by your country that, that yeah. must have been a real tough blow yeah it was very tough like it was tough as well like we've been released from Leeds you see, because I gave it all at everything. I gave it all at Leeds. I gave it all at, at Nottingham Forest. At one point, there was like rumours that I was that for the first team. I travelled with the first team now and then, but unfortunately, that just happened. Everything happens for a reason. I was gutted about it, but you just got to look back and then just think, you know what, at least I've got caught up for Portugal. That's why you got to look back with no regrets. 
Yeah, and and you like you, you mentioned there, touched on it before about the Glen Hoddle Academy. So, so yeah. it, in my in my mind, that that was sort of taking players that were released, sort of developing them through coaching, sort of rebuilding yeah. their confidence. Is that is that right? And and there was some sort of links with was there like a Spanish fourth, fourth division yeah, side in there Spanish, as well that yeah. you could play? Yeah, that's what happened because when I got released at Forest, I had a chance to join Middlesbrough. You see, but I, it was like up, up and down, like that didn't happen. And then there was actually my physio at back then called Phil. He said, "What why?" Don't you try go playing abroad he mentioned to me about this Glenado Academy thing I wasn't really interested at first but then I thought play abroad Spain technical why not I ended up going on trials there I did well I only played like 45 minutes and he just apparently he turned around to, to Fizio and he just said to him yeah I've seen enough I want to take him that's what happened and then I went to Spain because I noticed um, I don't know if you played in the same season but but Jordan Hugel and, and Sam Klukas who were playing the championship in the Premier League I mean it, they they were there around that time that you were there. I played with Jordan, played with Sam Klukas, uh, who else? Kekechi Anya, who went from Seville and obviously went from Watford and Derby. Omar Beckles is at, uh, who was at Shrewsbury. But obviously, you look at Jordan, you look at Sam, they've done well. They have to do what I, I did, basically, but they're done really well and I'm really happy for him that I mean is they took the level to the next stage and that's what I Glenodo were like obviously were trying to get people in the next stages and stuff so yeah I played with some good players that are doing well in their careers and you look back and you think wow and I still talk to these players as well and still keep in contact with them so which is nice obviously off the back of that you end up signing for York City in 2011 and I think yeah. I'm right in saying that Glen Hoddle didn't think non-league was right for you, did he? He thought you'd get kind of kicked from pillar yeah. to post. How influential was Gary getting you to sign for York City? That's what I'm saying, because um, I remember speaking to Glenn. I was just seeing one of my friends called Naya Rodney uh, made uh, made his debut for Nottingham Forest. And obviously I was with Niall at Nottingham, this and that. And that gave me such a boost and then motivation. I want to come back and, and start from scratch. Somehow just make my name somehow. I remember like it was yesterday, I remember sitting down with Glenn Oddo himself and I just said listen I want to come back and he wasn't unsure he said that non-league won't be for you They'll, you just get kicked to this and that be patient and we'll get you somewhere now I look back to that and think should I have stayed or you never know what would happen then obviously you can't look back to your G-pass I remember just coming back as soon as I came back I had Kilmanek that wanted me on trials and I went there for a few days and then I was there with uh, a guy who used to play for York, Danny Racky. Danny Racky was there at the time and uh, I kept getting this call though from a number and I, di- I didn't know who it was at the time I was at Scotland. And then I remember just uh, listening to the voice note and he just said, hi, it's Gary Mills from York City, can you give me a call? So I was thinking, Gary Mills was that me, so I was like, all right. I came back from Scotland, I think it was a manager called Sean Shields there at the time. Uh, he had his players, that means obviously he wasn't going to offer me a deal. I uh, came back and then Barry Mills, he rang me up and he was like, oh, listen, I want to meet up with you and talk to you about the, what I'm trying to do at York City. Now to start all right, okay. I went to see him and obviously that's what happened. The rest is history and I signed. He, he did a lot of homework on me. So he said he used to come watch me when I... When I was at Forey from the 18, which was good, and he watched my videos and stuff, and he said, "No, I want you to play for me." So I was still young then, so yeah, and that's that's where my history with York started from. There, you kind of started pretty much the first couple of months of the season.
season, didn't you? Pretty much every game, yeah. and, and you scored a, a cracker against Braintree when we beat them six two. But then, yeah. sort of gradually over the season, you, you sort of became more of an impact player from the bench. Yeah. Given that that you were kind of released by Nottingham Forest, whether you were just quite pleased to be part of this squad, and because Gary always seemed to include you, didn't he? Even at, even at Wembley, I know you only came on for a couple of minutes in the trophy yeah. final, but he did always seem to like bringing you off the bench. Were you happy with that, or were, were you kind of a bit gutted that you weren't kind of in the first team all the way through? For me, that that time, I was just learning the game more. If you know what I mean, yeah. I was learning from the likes of Books, likes of Scott Kerr, obviously the lads that have done well and been that the York team. At first, I was like a young lad who just wanted to play. Obviously, at the time as well, I needed experience. But me playing and I was getting experience. But then when I started coming on as an impact player, I was just I was happy with that because I was still, like I said, I was still young and I was thinking to myself, one day I'm going to become a regular. But at the moment, I'm just enjoying myself, kind of thing, like coming on and helping the team. And that's what I remember speaking to Gary Mills about it as well. Gary Mills said, "Listen, you're still young. You're still learning. Learn from these players. Learn from pros, the old pros and stuff. And one day you're going to be in that." same situation and pass it down to the youngsters wherever you end up that's just a learning game and I was just like alright I was happy with that like at one point I was happy and but what happened we won the double and I ended up getting a medal I was happy with that yeah and it's funny you, men- you mentioned Scott Kerr there and I spoke to Scott recently and he said that the dressing room was probably the best he's ever been been part of and obviously yeah. you were you were a lot younger than, than he was at the time but but you have that yeah. same opinion that that dressing room was was really strong and, and you know enjoyable to be part of yeah it was very strong you won't like click here and if everyone was together everyone will do everything together like off the pitch as well so it was and we were all learning from each other I look up to the likes of Scott Kerr and Books, but and Paddy was there at the, at the time Michael Potts was at the, there at the time so we were still young then but my game I was more looking at Books because I just loved the way he played the way he moved the ball the way he kept the ball same with Scott, Scott Kerr as well but the different players uh, Scott Kerr is more obviously he's, he's a sitter as well but where Books he, li- he likes taking things he's more my kind of players I, I was learning from them as I'm learning from not just them as well like the Jamal Fifield Pat Danny Parslow James Meredith and obviously Inge I learned, I learned from all of them and obviously Matty Blair as well who I still talk to as well now and then so it was a, it was a really good group so it was, it was good for like to get to, to be there under all of them to be honest yeah I mean Gary seemed quite keen to keep you but you must have been a little bit torn there because you know there was a chance to play in the football league wasn't there because York had yeah. been promoted but and then yeah. were you just at that point thinking, right, you know, I've enjoyed being on the bench and being part of that squad, but I do need to kick on and get first in football? That's exactly what I was thinking. I was just, I remember the chairman, Gary Mills, they couldn't believe it. Like when obviously when I rejected the contract, I just had to say to Gary Mills, I was like, listen, yeah, I've, we've done well, yeah, we're in the league, but where do I stand in your team next year? Am I still going to be an impact player? Will I go out on loan? Like I was asking him all these questions. Are you bringing in experience? players because I know you want to push on again I and mean, where do I stand and I mean and it, it couldn't really I felt like it couldn't really give me the answer that I wanted if you know what I mean and I just had to tell him like listen and at that time Cambridge was willing to put in a bid and everything and I said listen I, I want to go out there and make a name out of myself and I need I need to play games that's what I need to do just do something so people know what Adriana was like get my name out there basically and he just said to me like you know what I respect what you mean and if you want if, if that's what you want to do most then I have to respect your decision and let you do that 
I said, I'll miss you, but maybe one day again, I'll come get you again. And that's, yeah, that's fine. Cambridge didn't work out for you, but I mean, you did end up the season as a, as a promotion winner, didn't you, with, with Halifax? And, and I just wonder whether that might have been a, almost a bigger highlight for you in your career, given that you, you had a role to play in that final, didn't you, away at Brackley? Yeah, that's so saying, because Halifax, I loved it there as well, to be honest. I really enjoyed it there. The players as well, playing with Lee Gregory, who's that stoke now, playing the same team with him and players like Sean William, who's at Altringham now, that he just got promoted over all two. I mean, we had a really good team, you see. And at that time, as well, I was playing right wing back and I, I was really enjoying it. But unfortunately, like when, when we got promoted with Halifax, you know, in football, things happen. I mean, managers say things and some managers say things that they don't really mean or whatever. They're just trying to sell you the dream and stuff. So that what happened. And then I ended up leaving there. So left there knowing that I'm a conference golf champion. That was a good, another good year for me. So at that point, I was just, I didn't really want to play football at that point. So then, yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, and you, and you mentioned managers there as well. And you say managers say things and do things. But I think one, one of the managers that I look at in your career that, that did have a, a kind of a big influence on you, other than Gary Mills, was probably John Askey at, at Macclesfield. Yeah. Is, that, is that a fair point? Yeah, John Askey was class with me. I went on Macclesfield on trials. Macclesfield is one of my best years because I was in a winger then. I was, got myself prepared really well. I was just really up for it. I was really hungry because uh, after obviously the Halifax and it all came back, actually just hit me from being at Leeds. Everything just hit me in the head and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to show people like what I'm really about. And I remember going there pre-season. I was flying up pre-season and the next room, John Askey, I wanted to sign me straight away and it was just like, I remember him calling me, I was just like, why are you not played in the league? I don't know, but I'm going to help you get in the league, hopefully do everything I can do to help you get in the league because you are a good good player and which I, I was really obviously grateful of him saying that I did really well at Macclesfield I mean I think that was my first season I played 45 I started 45 or 43 games started key player I had interest from Cheltenham at that point when they was in the league I remember saying to John Askey I'm going to go it's a good opportunity for me to play in the league but at the time Macclesfield we was like second or fourth at the conference and uh, he was telling me like listen like you have to do what you have to do but I'd love to keep you here and um, I remember going to sit down to, uh, meeting Paul Buckle at the time sat down with him and he was just like listen I'm hearing obviously I've seen videos and I'm hearing people saying you're one of the best winger in the league what do you think of coming to play for me and uh, I remember sitting down and uh, obviously sometimes the grass is not always green at all so I remember speaking to Paul Turnbull about it because like Charlton was interested in this and that and I was speaking to him on the phone and he was just like listen I've played in the league you gotta do what you gotta do if you could go in the league and maybe not even enjoy it where in Macclesfield like you're the main man you're in that team every week so you have to have a think about it I'm not telling you this to make your mind up or whatever but then I remember coming back and I, I felt at the time it wasn't right for me to go so and I just stayed at Macclesfield and yeah, that's what happened and we just missed out on the playoffs we should have won the playoffs to be honest. I was going to yeah. say because you, you were sort of favourites to be rock bottom of the league weren't you Macclesfield and yeah, they ended up coming like a point it, yeah. a point off off the playoffs in, in yeah. you know the last game of the season was it? Last game of the season uh, we had a good team at Macclesfield like we had Scott Marrow I mean Reece Taylor had, we had a really good team I mean a really good mixture so it was good and but John Askey is a big part of me because I have to thank him as well for, for my career as well because he's out 
helped me a lot, the personal part as well. And you ended up obviously signing for Gary again. You, you did say to him, you know, we, we might meet again and and that was at Wrexham. <laughs> did you have any reservations of signing for him? The fact that he, you know, he used you as a squad player before or did, did you want to go and sort of prove to him how you developed as a player? What what was uh, your thinking behind that move? When I was at Macclesfield, I remember we played Gateshead and obviously Gary Mills was the manager at Gateshead at that point. I remember seeing him, obviously, you know, like when you go to matches and stuff. And obviously, I have seen him for a while then after you And then uh, I remember seeing him and it was just like, are you doing something like nice to see you? Like, you're looking good, this and that. And it was just like, are you enjoying it? To me, Gary Mills was like a proper, like a father figure to me. I could talk to him about anything. He'll give me advice and stuff like that. And I remember, yeah, we played Gateshead and then had a good game against them. After the game, just obviously, you know, what once you finish your game and stuff. I remember getting a call from him and I was just like, Why are you tearing up my left back like that? And I was just like <laughs> sorry, Gaff, like obviously I just you just gotta do what you gotta do and I was like, Nah, I thought you had a really fantastic game out. Listen, I'll keep in touch with you. Something might come up. And I, I didn't think of anything of it. And then, uh, yeah, at uh, end of the season, Macclesfield offered me a deal. I was just, I wanted to see what's out there. And then as soon as I see Gary Mills get the Wrexham job, I knew he was going to sign me. I just knew from then because what he was trying to put together, what our conversation, what we had as well. And then uh, I just got the call from himself. Because I, I saw that in, in another interview that you, you said it was with a Wrexham podcast and you were saying that you and Sean Newton still talk about some of the games you had for Wrexham and, yeah. and it was some of the best football you'd ever played in your career and, and it was a joy to play in and I, and I thought that was A, quite big praise but even you know B, even bigger praise to the fact that you'd been part of a 2012 team so, so why, why yeah. did it, it not quite work out for Gary and yourselves at Wrexham because you know for me they're a very similar sized club to York City I, I remember me and Newt used to talk about it and even Newt will turn around that more. I don't know like how we didn't even not win that league or with that Wrexham team because if you look back to it the players we had that Wrexham team was it was a joke and I was just like you know what needs you right but things changed that be like it all changed really with probably halfway through the season everything just changed and I don't know why it changed and I just felt like oh, no, here we go again kind of thing that we like, at first we was all flying when I signed as the Wrexham I just thought I was going to be a winger again and I think the Gary Mills was just like, I don't know where I'm going to play, Mox. So I'm just like, what do you mean you know me? Like, what, what, what do you mean not what you know? Like, obviously, he was, he was looking at this boy, this young lad at first that was doing the holding midfield. He played a holding midfield against FC United and he did uh, he did well. Fair play to him. And then it ended up getting injured. Lee Fowler, he was like the key player at Wrexham and he was just getting back from injury and stuff. And then uh, I remember Gary Rose was saying, I need someone to do the holding job who's going to do it so I said I'll do it so assistant manager Kaskill was just like yeah most can do it he knows the game I mean he, he's I know but he's a winger but he's got that burst like where he, get, he gets on the ball and it opens up uh, players and I remember I was playing a pre-season game and I did it really well and it was just like yeah that is your new position I want you to get the ball because half a percent of the time I've never seen you lose the ball so that's why I wanted you to play yeah it was uh, and then I just started playing centre mid from then that's where it started at Wrexham because Gary Mills put me there and it was just it just gave me a big confidence where I can believe in myself believe that I'm one of the best midfielders in this league and that's what happened and still this time I still talk to news sometimes about it like you know we'll just talk about good times yeah that Wrexham team we should have won that league but it is where it is that things happen I guess
Yeah, and then, then obviously Gary signs you a third time, doesn't he, um, at, at York City. Did you feel like there was unfinished business for you at York City at that time? Yeah, I felt like, um, Zach, I'm not going to like, I did want to stay at Barham Wood. I wanted to stay at Barham Wood for a while, but at the time as well, like my little one was just being born and obviously he was back home, which is around Yorkshire. And I just, just moved to Barham Wood, which I, I loved it at Barham Wood. Like the setup and everything there was just class. But I found it hard because obviously my little one was just being born. So I needed to come back home basically. And obviously when Gary Mills went to, back to York, I, di- I didn't think, to be honest, I didn't think it was going to come for me again. I was just getting the phone call again. I was like, listen, I need you to come back home. And I was just like, how's this going to work then? I was like, I'll contact Borough Wood and we'll go from there. And then it happened within a week. came back and then stayed there for a while. Because I think, uh, you know, my, my memory of it was that it was sort of strange see, seeing you in a holding midfield role. I, I didn't realise that it was back at Wrexham where, where that had happened. But but then yeah. you'd have games like the, uh, the Lincoln game in the FA Trophy semi-final where... You kind of still had that burst of pace, didn't you? Where you got it in your own half and ran pretty much yeah. the full length to, yeah. and then then sort of your shot hit Connolly and went in, didn't it? And I'm sure he claimed yeah. that goal, but but it was always sort of strange to see. And I didn't know whether that was whether you were sort of restricted to sort of doing yeah. those runs now, because because yeah. some of York, York fans were a little bit like that. I think the past couple of years, saying you know you, you maybe only do a certain role, but but you still had that that pace in you, and you still wanted to use it. I still wanted to use it like that's. I think that's one of my strengths, to be honest. And but with all the managers, like obviously with Gary Mills the, the most, and over um, he used to just tell me like once you run in a space, they can only follow you and take you down. No one can live with you if you do when you do stuff like that. And he opened up spaces for our players, so I was happy just to do that. That was obviously such a strange season, wasn't it, for York? Because and it must have been strange for you players because you, you'd you'd come in and effectively you know like John Parkin scoring his goals and yeah. you know winning quite a lot of games. Yet yeah. you're always fighting that tide against relegation, and then it came down. Yeah. So obviously that that fateful one against Forest Green, but but you yeah. were sub not used that day, weren't you? Know, did you just feel completely helpless that day because you know you wanted I to just, help the team, but but you, you weren't on the pitch? You know what? It's been at times where certain things I just see and I just think. Like I've had arguments with Gary Mills a lot of time. I've had arguments where he's like, he'll be like, oh, I'm the back gaffer. If I say you're not playing, or you're not playing. And hard times, like, but why am I not playing? Because I just wanted to play and stuff. Hard times where he said, oh, you know what? You can go out on loan if you're going to try to argue with me. And I'd just be like, all right, you know what? Fine. I'd rather go somewhere that someone wants now. And that's why I, I used to come on as an impact player. Or sometimes I never even used to be in the team. You know, when we first won the double, like obviously when, it, when we was young. It's just one of them ones where football is just, when I just look at it, like it for example, against Forest Green, I was just, I didn't know what to say. I was just like shocked in a way as well. Like, especially when the whistle just blew and then the next thing I heard guys they stayed up and then when we went down I, it was a big shock to me I was just like what now but back then I was just thinking we can only put this in a positive way and go win the FA Trophy and then hopefully if everybody from here next year go win the promotion and get get back in this league and that's what I just felt and, and you, you mentioned the trophy final then and you came on at half time didn't you and obviously helped, yeah. helped the side to, to a 3-2 win it, that must have been strange because you know for you personally having sort of only played an odd minute 
in 2012 in the two Wembley appearances. Now you've played 45, but there was yeah. a tinge of sort of sadness with York fans, wasn't there, that, that obviously we'd have preferred to have stayed up. But how, how did that feel for you personally? Because playing at Wembley must be, you know, the pinnacle of anyone's career. Playing at Wembley is probably one of, one of, like, one of my two biggest highlights as well. I was ready for Wembley, like really wanted it. I just said I want to take this with both my hand. And to find out, obviously, you're on the bench. You just have to be like, all right, I'm on the bench. But I know if I come on, I need to really, obviously, do the business. Yeah, I remember just being on the bench and I looked over, but my family was there as well. And I remember my little brother was just looking at me and thinking, yeah, my brother's ready, he's really ready. Like, I was just like, that's what I do, you see, just, I was just looking at Macclesfield players, thinking, looking at their strengths, what's their strength, what's their weakness and stuff like that. And then the ones, ones obviously, Gary Mills looked at me and they was like, most, you're getting ready to come on and out. I won't say it was that half time I came on actually. Just warming up for me, you know, like just on the pitch. And next thing you get a call and say, yeah, you're like, obviously I'm ready to come on. I was just like, okay, yeah, I was just ready. I said, I remember saying that to AD, AD Connolly, and AD was just like, when we when we get on this pitch, bro, like, let's just do the business and win this. And then so it was good, yeah. And, and you ended up staying on on the gap. Was Gary again the, the the big? Did you stay because of him, or did you stay because yeah. of the club? Was it a bit of both? I remember during when we won it, and it was just like, listen, you're staying with me until he actually pulled me, and I decided when we was on the pitch at Wembley. So you are staying. You're not going nowhere. You're staying with me until I'm not here anymore. I remember him saying that. That's what happened. And then the next thing, uh, next day, he was just like, "All right, we need to. I needed to come sign this contract." And then that's what happened. Obviously, it didn't work out for Gary. Unfortunately, in that in that next season, that you know, obviously we were, York City were, were favourites for promotion, and then I think he was sacked sort of October time, wasn't he? And but but yeah. Martin Gray came in, and and you sort of seemed to stay in the side, and. Ooh. Why, why do you think it didn't work out that season? What 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 was your take on it? I think because obviously, like, York City is a massive club in that league. I mean, the Conference North. So, I don't know, maybe we took it a bit lightly that, that year, like where we was maybe a bit too arrogant thinking, you know what, we'll bounce back up there. We should win this league, this and that. We took it lightly, if you know what I mean. And, and it just basically bit us, really. And then just showed us that, you know what, there are some good teams in this Conference North. Don't take anything for granted kind of thing. I think that's what happened with us and um, it was tough like that really and but the likes of obviously me and Hughes and we've been there for a while trying our best really just to perform. It was tough in a way as well so geez, had to get on with it. Because I look, I look back at some of those results and, you know, like beating Salford at home 1-0 was yeah. probably the best performance under Martin Gray. And, and I went away thinking, you know, well, we could actually make a late run here and, and get promoted. And then the week after, obviously, we lose at Curzon 4-1. And, and that yeah. was around that time that, that you had a bit of a, a kind of spat, shall we say, with, with a supporter. Now, you're always someone, I think, has always sort of been on social media, whether it's good or bad, hasn't it? After a result, yeah. you'll come out and always face up. How do you look back on that that kind of incident now? Now we're kind of two or three years on. Do you have any regrets over it? I don't have a regret for it because I'm a passionate guy. So I'm, I've been raised as in just be yourself. Everything that everything you see on the Twitter now, that obviously I've calmed down a lot now on the social media side. I don't really tweet as much or anything. But um, but that's just the way I was. I, I was just a proud guy to to say that I'm playing for York City to wear the York City shirt and stuff and people knowing that oh yeah Adriano plays for York City it's a mass, it was it's just a proud moment for me to even just to go to training knowing that I'm playing for York City and stuff and obviously I'm I'm a winner 
I don't like losing. It. I don't like even losing in training. Anything like that. It just it just winds me up. And then obviously that that incident with to how I reacted. That was just me just showing that I care. I care that we lost. It's not good enough. And this and that. Unfortunately, I just take it to I take it on the on social media and then basically me just communicating with the with the fans because. See a lot of things about me. I play sideways, this and that. It's been times where I just want to buy, but you don't understand me. But I don't understand. Then I think that day I just seen red. I was just seen red. I, was, I couldn't take it anymore, and I couldn't take it because I was frustrated because we lost. That's one and frustrated that one of my fans is just getting on my back. It just and I was the only person that I was just getting on my back. No one else was getting it because they don't really the Volvo players they don't really tweet like me or anything, but that's just the way I am. And yeah, that's what happened. And did, did you feel any any difference from other supporters after it all sort of came out? Because to be really honest, I wasn't even on Twitter at the time, so it's yeah. been quite hard for me to find like quotes and stuff that happened. But, but did you find other supporters would reacted differently with, with you afterwards or, yeah, or tried really, to get involved? Like, really differently, like us players, no matter what we do or whatever, no matter what, it's always something. And when a fan says something, I don't know why they expect us to not react or anything. Of course, the players are going to react. At one point, I felt like I was targeted every time. Lose or win, we like we lose, and I just felt like people just like oh, get moky out or this and that, which was nice to see. But that's made me even stronger to come back stronger. If we win, and they'll say, "Oh yeah, Moki's the best player, whatever." Where's the loyalty there, kind of thing? But I felt that a big difference, a really, really big difference between some of the fans and stuff. But what can you do? Do you think you were you were maybe targeted because you were you'd been there quite a long time? Because you mentioned that before yeah. that you'd been at the club a long time. Whereas maybe some of the players that had maybe only been there three or four months wouldn't yeah. so much get that, that that you were almost almost like associated with you know York City getting relegated and, and not getting back promoted and, and because you were part of both of those sides uh, that you were yeah, kind of you were targeted. Yeah, I think that's to be honest. I really do think that I mean, I was there for a long time and I don't know. It's just, I just felt like I was just targeted. It, it was upset. In that times, not gonna like it was. I'll go back and I just think why they being like this. I just got I had to just come back stronger. Didn't work out for Martin Gray and then and then Sam Collins came in and again and again you know you, you end up staying in the side and and in the squad and everything. But I look back at some of those games. One that stands out for me, which was difficult as a supporter, was was Darlington away when we lost five one. You, you played in that team that day and and Dan Parslow played in that team that day. You know, you two are, you know, people who were there in 2012. You, you both love yeah. the club, clearly. How difficult was that for you, you know, in the dressing room with us? Because uh-huh. there was rumours some players didn't want to play or, or certainly people didn't want to be there. People uh-huh. were, were questioning their efforts and stuff. Were, were you a leader in that dressing room? Were you trying to alvanise people? Were you telling people, you know, what the club means to you? How, how difficult was it for you? It was really difficult. Me and Dan, I remember me, I think Newt was there as well. But I think, well, I, I would say I was a leader, yeah. I was just, I was just saying to myself, boys, it's not good enough. Yeah, Darlington, another big club. We're a big club as well, so it's just not good enough. We need to step it up somehow. Like, I, feel, I felt like maybe the, some of the players that come in, big expectations. Some of them aren't really played in front of big fans or so it was it was maybe that, that that's what I thought but I could be wrong especially me and Danny Parsley I was just, was just thinking ah, we need to do something here but it was tough though it was really tough especially being there for a long time so it, it was tough and like with, with Sam Collins it just seemed to spiral out of control didn't it really and, and then yeah. there was accusations of people eating Doritos on the bus and you know yeah. he, he dug John Parkin out a little bit as well and what's that like as a player when your manager's doing that and 
and publicly criticising the players and stuff. How do you react as players in the dressing room? I don't really react to it. Also, as a team, I would talk about it. And obviously, I'm playing myself. I don't know what the manager said, but... I didn't do anything like that or whatever and you just got to um, avoid that and, and then hopefully the manager pulls whoever is was on about and then have a word with him in a professional way like that rather than obviously say what he, what he had to say because it's not really fair on everyone really not fair on the teammates as well because talk about one teammate that we're all teammates so we're all in this together kind of thing it was tough but things like that I, I don't really get involved um, I support my teammates yeah but that's about it finally on on that sort of era why do you think it didn't work out for Martin Gray and, and Sam Collins what do you think as a player looking back because obviously under Steve Watson it really started to turn around but why did it not work under those two managers I really don't know to be honest I liked under both of them managers I think it was good but I think maybe it was just the pressure like I said York City big club you expect them to to go up because it's that much of a bigger club. I'm maybe thinking his public pressure got into Martin Gray and pressure got into Dan Collins as well. I think it was maybe too much if that's what I personally think. So what, what difference did Steve Watson make when he came in and is it like the sort of first day at school again when a new manager comes in that you, you know, you're desperately trying to impress and it's like a fresh yeah. start for everyone. What, what difference did Steve make? Well, the difference is that uh, Steve Watson obviously is, everyone knows, obviously ex from player. To be honest, I was a kind of shocked well not shocked but I was just like I was buzzing in a way because I've heard good things about Steve Watson and stuff and he's a good manager as well and when he came in first to be honest I wasn't too shocked I was saying to myself I don't know if he likes me or anything but, but I remember Steve Watson was out there with John Askey see at Macclesfield so I was hoping that he remembered me when we when I came on against York and we played Macclesfield. Yeah, and he came in and at first, I don't know what he was thinking. I don't know. I don't think I've played a few games under him. And we got we got beat against Stockport and I didn't have the best game. I was thinking, does the manager like me? I don't think I was playing for a bit. And then there was rumours that I was meant to go out on loan to Geisley and stuff like that. So I was just like, whoa, I don't know anything about that. So I started to pull him about that. And he was just like, well, there's rumours that you want to go out on loan. What do you want to do? So I was just like, well, where do I stand in your thing and I was like well, you need to show me like how really you want it so I was just like oh so what? I've been here for a while so um, that happened and then and I remember playing someone at home and he was really impressed and uh, and ever since he's just started playing me then and he said like I, I like your energy I like the way you work hard and that's, that's how I started playing under him from there yeah and, and obviously you know you, you played a lot of last season as well didn't you and um, yeah. which was a lot better season for York City but yeah. do, do you feel that we would have been promoted without the COVID situation happening? 100%, yeah. 100%. I felt like obviously Kingsley like, slipped up. Even, don't get me wrong, not being disrespectful, Kingsley, they're a good side. That was some kind of achievement from us to stay either first or second from August to like March. It, that is some achievement. It's something that I'll probably end up, we should have won this league 100%. I think they should have promoted too, if I'm being honest. Very harsh from us. It's a shame as well. It's like, it was gutted, so gutted. And at the same time, angry as well, because we worked so hard to get where we can. And for, for that, and... But if we didn't have no COVID or anything, we would 100% win it. Guarantee 100%. I mean, is, is that mentally quite difficult to sort of go back into training where effectively before COVID happens, York's at your top of the table. Then yeah. there's a big break and then you come back and like you say, you've been top for so long and then to not yeah. be promoted. Was that, was that quite difficult? 
mentally to prepare for it? I mean, I'm not making excuses for the players, but but was it, did you think as a group, like, oh, we've got to get ourselves going here? Because, you know, I'll be honest, I think the alternate performance was a little bit flat if everyone was honest. And I didn't know whether that was be part of that kind of mental process of getting so close, it not happening. Yeah. And do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying. Like, uh, it was, it was just like, it was good, really. But me personally, I knew it's either yes or no. Like, if, we, if we're going in playoffs anyway, because playing alternate three times now, we beat him once. Obviously, they beat us twice or three times, obviously, including the playoffs. And it's tough, really tough. I was just being honest. I was like, listen, if we get someone like Arsenal on the playoffs or anything, we better play like it's our last game because we played them before and we are really good there. Obviously, keep the ball and we just better be on it. And for me, obviously, from my point of view, for me playing every game, for me to be on the bench that game, it was I was shocked in a way. I thought, like I said, football happens for a reason. So, yeah, whatever happened, happened there. And and some supporters I've noticed since the game have, have sort of said have suggested that maybe some of the players knew that they were moving on and particularly ones that, that signed for other clubs quite quickly like you know yourself signed for Spennymore Dan Maguire went yeah. to Darlington is is that a, f- a fair thing you know had you, had you spoken to Spennymore before the playoffs happened were you hoping to stay at York City if you'd have been offered I was, a deal I was like the last guy that spoke to because so, I was thinking I, I might stay here he might want me to stay but he didn't want me to he said no and then uh, but I never that's what I'm saying I was, I was angry and more disappointed as well with, with the decision that I was on the bench and stuff because at that point I started putting question marks now I'm thinking alright like, obviously I'm not starting here so like I don't know what's going to happen I don't know where my future holds I mean if I'm not starting so that, it just shows and then uh, that happened and then no word of a lie I had like 11 or 10 clubs ringing my ringing my phone texting me seeing what I'm doing but at, at one point I was thinking I, I just had to put my phone down in a way I couldn't still believe it because obviously we used to been at York that long I've, I kept to this thinking I'm going to stay at York effectively you're saying you, you would have stayed at York the rest of your career if you, you had yeah, the option 100% I would have stayed until obviously my legs are done and hopefully retire there but that didn't happen so it, I was really good it's been I remember speaking to my family but my family was just like it's just going to be weird for because obviously we're used to seeing you in uh, Red Show, York City and my uncle said to me it was just like you know what son you have to be proud of yourself being at a, a top club respected by players that's the most important thing respected by managers as well experience now that means so you have to look back in my eyes you've got five trophies in you obviously you should have won this playoff final and listen you've done double with York that's two and you came back and he won another FA Trophy, you won it with Halifax. And in my eyes, you won it this year, you're a champion, so you just got to look back and think, you know what, well, we'll regret anything. Just look back thinking, you know what, I've done all I can. Time for me to move on. And it was like, wherever you end up next, and that's time for spending money, was be the best player. You're going to be one of the experience there now. Everywhere you play now, people are going to say, oh, Mox plays there. Everyone knows you in this, in this league. So try to be the best there. Try go there and do magic try to get him out of this league be the first player to get spending more out of this league that's, that's what happens just before we move on from sort of York City but what, what was the dressing room like after the Altrinum get well I say dressing room you're in the social club weren't you I think <laughs> because yeah, of Covid what, what, what was it um, were, were people quiet were, 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 was it oh, shouting what, what was what was happening 
I was looking at obviously Fergie, the likes of Fergie, Kempster, Kieran, Maka, uh, Little Maka. He was like looking at him and I was thinking, because we had a really good bond that you see, like really good bond. And I remember looking at Fergie, his head was just down. I'm thinking to myself, he's been brilliant this season, he's been flying. Will he stay or will he go? That's what I was just keep, keep thinking. Yeah, I was just saying to him, like, you're right, Fergie. And I was just like, ah, yeah, I'm all right. But he was good. I was good myself. And I just remember just saying to everyone, you know what, good look whatever happens it's been a pleasure playing with such a good group because we had a good good group I remember looking at Andy Bond as well and Bondy was just like we've just got to see what happens and the change rooms was really quiet yeah really really quiet let's finish with, with some happier times what what would you class as your, your favourite goal for York City I know, I know you didn't get too many but the ones yeah. that you did tend to get were, were kind of worldies weren't they I mean I was looking you know the, the one against Brackley Boston away yeah. Braintree at home in your first spell and then obviously the, the curl effort you got against Spennymore last season which, which I presume they had in your top four goals what, what would you say was your I, best one I'll probably say the Braintree one because when I scored that goal it's like I remember talking to my, my uncle about it from me being young from me seeing my dad playing in a, in a big stadium and people shouting and cheering and stuff for me to score that goal to, to hear that for the first time in my career it was the best feeling ever and then obviously I had my own chant Adriano Adriano that even made it twice even special so the brain tree one that that I'll say that's my best York City goal even though the other goals are decent as well it was sort of like pouring down with rain wasn't it I think and yeah. the last minute and it was almost like the icing on the cake I think that you yeah. beat a couple of men and then smashed it in the top corner smashed it in the top corner yeah so yeah I think that I'll say brain because it was like when I scored that goal I was just in my own world like I couldn't believe it who, who would you say is the best player you played alongside at York City and you know it could be from either spell I would probably say Andre Bucard and I don't know I feel so good there's nudes Ali Witt as well at one point I think Witt was absolute class and Aidan Connolly I used to love playing against Aidan because he was just class I could give him the ball just five yards there he'll just do his own thing and Danny Holmes as well when he came in uh, Holmes it was really it was good to play alongside him but Andre I learned a lot from him I learned a lot from him like he's taught me stuff where how to keep the ball like how, how I used to try to keep the ball how to get out little situation use my pace to get out in this situation he taught me all that and I got functions from that when I used to play against him in training he was probably one of the toughest guys to get the ball off he never used to give the ball away and I used to learn that from him. When you moved to holding midfield, did you sort of base your game on Andre Beethoven? Yeah, yeah I, I based my game on him. I remember just saying, like, I remember he used to just pull me at the side and it's just like saying to him, this is what you do, Mox, you keep it ticking. Don't worry about this and that. You keep it ticking and you hit him on the counter-attack. How you do it, you, you got more chance of doing it because you got the legs to get the ball and then just, boom, go. Where me, I, I can find people with my pass. So it was good up it was a good passer but you you got my advantage where you can get away from me so I've learned little things like that through Andre and final question how will it feel coming back to York City I mean it might, obviously might probably be a different stadium won't it but but how yeah. will it feel sort of playing against York City next season do you think oh I don't think any different just because obviously I got released and if I still love York but it's just one of them when I come back it's just another game just gotta get on with it 
like I haven't got no hard feelings. I think York's a, a fantastic club. They've got fantastic fans. No matter what whatever's happened in the past, I won't say a bad word about York City or anything. If things like this happen, I'd be buzzing to come back to again playing against York, especially in, in a new ground as well, and to see how the new ground is. Good that I wish I didn't get the chance to wear the kit and then go out there in the new ground, but it'd be good to come back and play against York and see what happens from there. I'm sure we'll, we'll look forward to seeing you, obviously, as, as long as York City get three points. But I mean, personally, I, I, I think you were you were one of the only players I think I saw thank York City fans when you left the club. So you know, I'm, I'm sure a lot of supporters yeah. appreciate that, and uh, and I appreciate yeah. you coming on. So thank, thanks for giving up your time. No problem, then. No problem at all. Thank you to Adriano Mocha there for giving up his time. You may notice the sound quality was a little bit different to normally produced, but that was because of some technical issues there and we had to end up doing it over a phone. But hopefully you could still enjoy what Adriano had to say there. I know he divides opinion with fans but over the years, but I think no one could argue that you know he's, he's definitely passionate about the club. Now I appreciate his honesty in that interview. Also, a special thanks to York Foot Golf for sponsoring this episode as well. They sponsored the previous episode. This was the last episode of the series, so thank you as ever to everyone in the York City community and, and beyond. We often get people from other clubs who listen as well and send uh, some nice comments on social media, which is really appreciated. So we will be back at some point in the future with a, a full-blown series. There is a special episode that will be releasing. There might even be two episodes in, in September. And, of course, there's the Richard Brody event, our first live event, that's Sunday the 8th of November. Time of me recording this outro um, we've sold about 50% of the tickets so there are still some available but it is limited because of uh, social distancing it's at Haxby Sports Club Sunday the 8th of November um, Richard says he's got loads more stories to tell anyone who gets a ticket can can ask him questions as well we're going to do like a live Q&A with the audience as well it won't just be me asking the questions so I do think it'll be a good night um, so if you get yourself down if you live in York you know support the charity it'll be massively appreciated the easiest way to probably get tickets at the minute is to email yorkhospitalball at gmail.com and I'll respond with the information for payment and stuff like that and just finally a uh, special thank you to James Charters who is one of our producers and he's produced the whole of this series and uh, particularly with this episode he's put a lot of time in uh, making it sound as good as it has so um, really appreciate that James and uh, look forward to working with him again on the next series Mm